Res Ball Fantasy Hockey Podcast. This is Viz, joined as always by Reed. Reed, how goes it? All right, it's going okay. I've been battling a, a little cold lately, but I'm on the uh, up and up. I'm going to let you carry uh, some parts of this, so I don't. So I save my voice because that seems to be probably my weakest attribute at this moment. That's but otherwise, to hear, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, otherwise, it's going pretty well. Um, I, d- I do want to throw out this stat because I think this is hilarious. The Sabres right now on pace to get the same number of points that they had during the worst of their two tank years. It's just disgusting. I mean, part of it, I think, is, I mean, this team's clearly not that bad. A lot of the, the parity around the league, I mean, there's legitimately, oh, man. I mean, how many really bad teams are there? You can count them on one hand. They're close to it. I think that's part of the problem. Like, if you look at, uh, the athletic and their playoff potential, you know, uh, teams who have at least 30% chance. I mean, the entire Metro and entire central division has 30% or greater, you know, so that's 15 teams right there. I mean, the Atlantic's about done, but add in five more Pacific teams. I mean, that's 23 out of 31 teams that still have a greater than 30% chance. These teams are all projected at minimum 89.4 points is a, uh, flyers and they're the lowest out of everybody so i think part of it is there's just so few bad teams that the bad teams are really getting buried i mean obviously arizona's in this case you know vancouver's starting to fall down as expected ottawa's a train wreck i mean they gave up eight the other day to chicago so i think that's part of it but i mean regardless it's just <laughs> so frustrating as, as a Sabres fan but you know it's not like they should be much better i mean part of it is you know, your special, your power play percentage dropped about 15 points because they were the best in the league last year. Now they're second last. And that, I mean, that's a goal every six to seven power plays. You're talking you know, 10 plus goals difference at this point of the year because your power play sucks. But, I mean, the problems are way bigger than just the power play. And you're getting good goaltending, too. That's the other infuriating thing. Like, Laner's been fine until the last. Uh, couple games against you know Winnipeg he was brutal uh, that was his one dud Minnesota game he had a he had horrible numbers but he had no chance so <laughs> it's just, some of these teams are just so far away and it, it kind of reminds me of, of football in a way now where you know, some teams are just completely hopeless on a night-to-night basis the odds are so stacked against them to get a win and hockey it's generally not that way but you're seeing so many games where the favorites minus 230 250 pushing 300 and you don't you're not used to seeing that in hockey really yeah i agree uh, so there isn't much uh, for injury news right now i mean josh bailey missed the last game before their bye week doug wade said it's not a long-term thing he might still miss a game or two once they get back uh, from their bye starting on Saturday, but nothing to worry about. So with all these teams having a bye week this week and so few games going on, we're going to look at projecting the Olympic rosters if the NHL teams, uh, the NHL players were participating. So we're going to look at uh, the big six, uh, U.S., Canada, Finland, Russia, Sweden, Czech Republic, and talk about you know who we think should be on the team if they if uh, the NHL was participating, uh, we didn't do Slovakia. We included them before we looked, but they really only have five to six NHLers left. Uh, you know, the Swiss are honestly just as close as they are NHL player-wise, but no reason to bother with them. And, uh, you know, Slovenia, it's Kopitar and some dudes. So uh, <laughs> we'll just focus on these six. Yeah, but the Kopitar and some Kopitar and company still ends up winning some games here and there. Yeah, that's Pretty crazy. Uh, but, uh, we'll start with the USA team since we're both uh, Americans. Uh, Goaltending-wise, you know, you, every team brings three goalies, uh, 8D, and 14 forwards. Uh, there were four guys in my mind worth considering, or, uh, worth considering for these spots. Uh, Jonathan Quick, uh, Corey Schneider. I, I'd say both of those guys are locks to make the team. And then between John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck for the, the third spot, 
Uh, I would lean towards Hellebach just to get him the, the experience of being in the Olympics, uh, similar to what they did with Quick when he was first coming up and they sent him with Tim Thomas and Ryan Miller just to get Hellebuck the experience. But you can go either way on that spot. Uh, was there anyone else you had in mind? Uh, no, I think there are four goalies, and I think you listed the four goalies that yeah. are necessary. Schneider, to me, is the guaranteed lock. I would not be surprised at all if it was Gibson and Hellebuck. Um, but I think just because USA Hockey and nostalgia alone, until Quick is in a retirement home, they'll probably keep sending him. Yeah, as a I, I, I kind of assumed he'd be the starter just because of how many, you know, he's played for the U.S. team so many times and he's having one of the best years of his career. Uh, but, you know, his leash would obviously be super short because Schneider's save percentage in his career is higher than Quick's and by a decent margin, too. So uh, moving on to the blue line, uh, much improved from what we're used to as far as locks go uh, I mean there's a lot of guys to consider here I think Ryan McDonough Ryan Sutter uh, Seth Jones at this point in his career he's had a tremendous season the three of them are locks Uh, I'd probably consider John Carlson a lock too after that though you have a decent uh, amount of guys Worth considering. I mean, do you have anyone else as a lock? Do you think any of those guys aren't a lock? I think John Carlson is close to a lock. Yeah, I mean, um, I could see some scenario where he's like the seventh or one of the extras. But yeah. I, I don't think he would actually miss the team completely. Right. So I have like, so I guess let's talk about the defenseman that would be in play, right? So okay. you have Suter. Jones, McDonough, I, I agree that those are your locks right now. Yeah. Then you have Truba, Wierenski, Fowler, mm-hmm. Falk, uh, Bufflin is still there. Yes. And Carlson. Uh, I, like, I had and, a, Oh, uh, Bear and yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk, too. I'm sorry, yeah, I forgot and, those guys. I mean, I think Charlie McAvoy, I could see yes. the case. Um, Fowler. Yeah, I mentioned. Yeah, I I brought up Fowler. The other, the other guy, I think. I mean, I think he's deserving. I don't know if he would make it though. Is uh, Jacob Slavin is actually American, and I don't think people realize (laughs) it. Uh, He's been very good for Carolina. I mean, even Hannafin is on the fringe, and if the U.S. comes back and and fourth, you know, these twenty twenty. Yeah, I think Hannafin's a near lock for the team, but. Yeah, so we're down between, you know, those guys. What I had was uh, I had Buff on it. Uh, I put Fowler and, uh, you know, those were my six guys with, with Carlson. And then as my extras, I put McAvoy on again, uh, mostly to get him the experience. And then I put Goss Bear because, you know, they let you dress the extra guys in the Olympics and – he can be your seventh guy power play specialist. So I, I'd lean towards putting him on the team, but then on on the other hand, I feel kind of bad not having Morensky on the team either. So it's, it's nice though, you know, where we've been in the past. I mean, we've had to suffer through Jack Johnson for years and, you know, even Eric Johnson before he developed his game somewhat. And ever since Rafalski has been done, basically they've been lacking top guys and now they actually have some legitimate options outside of you know Sutter and McDonough last time around and then two pairs of question marks really yeah I agree it's um it's been a while since I've seen a blue line this deep for the Americans Mm. like I guess to me like this is gonna sound crazy I think the weakest part of this blue line is Ryan Sutter I think I can envision a world where USA Hockey somehow gets a different guy picking the team or a different like brain trust, and they say, "Let's get young, let's get fast." And you already have McDonough for your leadership in terms of like age wise on the blue line. I could see a team with Jones, Wierenski, Fowler, McDonough, Carlson, and Truba. And then your extras would be like Bufflin and McAvoy or McAvoy and Falk or McAvoy and Gossespierre. 
I agree that they want to get the younger guys the experience because I think that actually is important. But I like I could see a world like, are you really going to play Ryan Suter the thirty minutes that he normally plays every night? No, of course not. I mean, I figured he'd probably be on the first, second pair, probably with somebody, uh, maybe Seth Jones or maybe McDonough's with Jones and Suter's with Carlson, something like that. I don't know. I would be shocked if he wouldn't make a team. I, I mean, obviously, this would probably be his last Olympics. I feel like Bufflin's uh, spot would be more tenuous just because, I mean, you could have Gosses Bear as a power play guy. Do you really need the bruiser like him in a tournament like this? I mean, it, it can't hurt. He's a deserving player, but I I don't know. He's the type of guy. I mean, they, they haven't really used him in tournaments before either outside of the World Cup of Hockey. So he'd be a bit more on – he's a bit more on the fringe to me. Or I think a lot of people think he's a lock. That's obviously why I didn't include him as a lock. Um, all right, for forwards, uh, Goudreau, Matthews, Kane, Eichel, Wheeler, Kessel, all locks. Um, other guys you think that are locks. I mean, that to me is like your top six pretty safely. Yes, I mean, you can move guys around too. Obviously, if you want to balance them out more, but those guys would be, you know, gone ahead in my top six. Um, the other, are there other guys you think that are locks? I mean, is Joe Pavelski a lock? Considering he, he's kind of taken a step back this year, uh, patches as well. I mean, I lean towards putting them both still on the team, but uh, maybe it's a bit more in question than. It was three months ago, even. Yeah, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see. It we hypothetically, it would be really interesting to see what they would do with Pavelski. Mm. Um, I I do remember he was the captain at the yeah. World Cup of Hockey, so it's really hard to be like, listen, you're still like in sort of the prime years of your career, but we're we're gonna move on. Mm-hmm. Um. I think Goudreau, Matthews, Kane, Eichel, Kessel, Wheeler are is a good like top six lock. Mm-hmm. I I think JVR is almost a lock at this point as yeah, well. Yeah, I think so because too. the one thing the Americans lack is really quality left wing forwards. Right, and that's what JVR brings you. Yeah, I mean, it um, wouldn't surprise me at all if he was on the second line and either yes. Wheeler or Kessel were down on the third line and not playing on their off wing. Yeah, and then I like we talk again. We talked about the nostalgia factor. TJ Oshie is going to make this would make that team, right? Like, yeah, I think just on true. nostalgia alone, he would probably make that team. So then, for me, it's there's three forward spots that are really up for debate. Mm-hmm. I think it would be like the rest of my roster was Pacioretty, Sod, and Trocheck. Okay. So, like compared to ESPN, did an article on this. ESPN has pretty much the same thing, except instead of Trocheck, they have Ryan Kessler. And I don't think Kessler is necessary, but I understand why they did it. Yeah, a lot of the, so, a lot of the rosters I looked at, it, Kessler listed as an extra, uh, which I could understand for sure. I mean, so yeah. I, I, mean I was looking at, uh, I think Brock Besser at this point deserves to make it. Absolutely. And, and, and Anders Lee, the year he's, he, he's had as well. So... Those would be a couple of mine. Yeah, I mean, I think Patches, Pavelski, Oshi, that might even be your fourth line at this point. Uh, and as far as you know, the last spot or two for the extras, I mean, I think, like you said, Saad, I think Dylan Larkin is firmly in play here. Kessler, um, maybe even a guy like Jake Gensel. Uh, hard to say, but, you know, he hasn't had a great year, but I do think he's still worth considering. But, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Uh, I think, you know, Lee, Trocek, and Besser is like a third line. And then you have, you know, Pavelski, Patches, and JVR with uh, some uh, – Oshi is like an extra with one of these other guys. I mean, is we'll look at the you know the rest of these teams obviously, but I mean the top four teams are just so stacked 
In, yes. in, in Finland, <laughs> Finland isn't far off, at least offensively and in net. You know, the defense is where they fall off. But, you know, in four years, at least, when if these guys come back, all their forwards that are in their top six are so young that, you know, outside of Miko Koivu, all these guys aren't even in their prime yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess let's go to Canada now. Um, in net, <clears throat> we have Carey Price, Brayden Holpe, Matt Murray. Can we even argue anything other than maybe Corey Crawford yeah, somewhere? I, I but... was going to say probably Crawford too. I mean, I, I guess I'd dump Murray for him the way he's played this year, but at that point, does it really matter who the third goalie is? I mean, Price is going to play. We know that. Who they're going to go to after. I mean, I would feel safe turning the whole beat first. But, I mean, again, it really doesn't matter too much. Yeah. The team is, you know, so stacked uh, that as long as the guy's not a Sith and none of these guys are, they'll be okay. Uh, the blue line is kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know who you even consider locks. Uh, I guess Dowdy, Burns, Subban, Petrangelo. I mean, I guess. I mean, do you consider Duncan Keith a lock? He probably is at this point. I don't know. Like, so I, I'm looking at someone else's, and I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't like this defense. I like the it has the top pairs Duncan Keith and Shea Weber. I don't like that at all. No, um, I actually like Weber is Weber shouldn't even be considered for this at this point. Yeah, I don't have him on my team. I mean, I guess it's it's between him or Keith probably for my last guy. Um, I have Keith written there. I mean, I guess it's not outlandish to play. What? Uh, actually, no, I don't have. I take that back. I don't have either of them on my team. They're the first two guys out. Yeah. So I have Subban, Burns, Dowdy. And Petrangelo as my locks. Okay, yeah, that's where I am too. Um, uh, like so then, like Morgan Riley gets consideration. Yeah, I have I have him in as well. He played so well for them in uh, the World Cup, and he's <laughs> he's just coming around. He made such big strides this year for Toronto that I I would be shocked if he didn't make the team. Yeah, then you have Mark, the Calgary duo, and Giordano and Dougie yeah. Hamilton. I, I have, have to consider. Well, I think uh, if that's your third pair, I mean, you're in such good shape. And, you know, maybe one of them's even, you know, the scratch or whatever. But uh, I, I think they're both as a pair. They, I mean, they were the best pair in the league last year. And they, you know, Calgary's coming on right now, and a big part of it is Dougie's game's finally coming. And, yeah, I, I think both of those guys would be in. Yeah, um, then it comes down to do they keep playing Mark Edward Vlasic? I, I, I have him in. I think he's still – for a, a tournament like this, it's just nice to have a guy who's super steady defensively. Yes. The, the modern stay-at-home, so to speak. And he's the left-handed shot, too. Right. That, that's the problem with Canada's uh, defense corps is that they have all these right-handed defensemen. Right. Yeah, so. for sure. And, that, and that's part of the reason why I was considering – you know, Keith as much as I was because the left side, you know, it's basically what I have is Riley, uh, Giordano, Vlasic, but it's not really by, you know, Canada standards super high. But, I mean, you have Dowdy, Pachangel, Burns, Subban, Dougie. <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous how stacked that is. Um, Forward-wise, I mean – Obviously, it's loaded. Um, as far as locks go, I, the number is probably higher here than it is for other countries. Um, oh, I have like their top nine, nine. Yeah. I have their top ten as a lo- as locks. Okay. No, top eleven. <laughs> I have eleven players as locks on this team. Okay. If you want to? You can run. Yeah. I'll, tell you if okay. there's Anyone different? So. Crosby, Marshawn, Bergeron. Yeah, that'll be a line again. That'll be their yeah, first line. Be, yeah. Uh, McDavid, Hall, Shifley. Okay, yeah. Uh, Tavares, Stamkos, McKinnon, the line of number one overall picks, who, again, is just going to be disgusting. Yeah, McKinnon's obviously played his way to be a lock. And then I think Ben and Sagan are still locks. Right. 
Okay, so we're we're in agreement on all those guys. So now we're down between, let's see, for three other forward spots. Uh, we have so let's just talk about who we what like options. Um, Jonathan Taze is obviously a big name. Yeah, Sean Monahan, I think at this point has played himself into serious consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, Jonathan Huberto, Ryan Getzlaff, yes. Claude Giroux. Giroux. Like, I, I had I also had Couturier. I had Couture, and I had Mark Stone on on the list too of guys to consider. Yes, I mean so that's I mean that's <laughs> that's three guys. I mean I feel like honestly the way Couturier is played, like, he needs just another safe guy defensively. And Stone's the same way defensively too. That I feel like they kind of lean that way. But at the same time, I just like I mean I wouldn't personally have Taves on the team, but I couldn't. I'd have a tough time seeing them dump him. Not yeah, him. I couldn't see them not putting him on him it. on the fourth line. So you're looking at Taves with, I, I mean, I don't know. It really depends how you want to list the lines. I'm kind of inclined uh, to give Schwartz a spot with how well he was playing and then probably Couturier too. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with Huberto, uh, Stone, any of these other guys, really. Yeah, Huberto's just played so well this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ever since he came back from that injury, he ripped it up at the end of last year, too. Yeah. I mean, Monaghan in between, say, Ben and Sagan would still be just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down Tavares, but it doesn't really matter who the guy is that's there with them. Yeah, it really doesn't. Um, Okay, let's move on to Russia. Okay. Um, okay, in net, this we're, not much discussion. Bobrovsky, Vasilevsky, Varlamov. Yeah, good? yeah. I mean, there's no one else even worth considering at this point. Okay, defenseman. Um, Ivan Provorov, mm-hmm. Zaitsev. Yeah. Um, and then I think Dmitry Orlov. I think those are your three locks. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like I'm inclined to say Sergachev, but they have <laughs> such a history of not including all these young guys that I wouldn't say he's a complete lock. I mean, I have him on my team. I think he would end up making it, but I don't know if I would go as far as calling him a lock. Yeah. Um, I think Kulikov is pretty close to a lock just because the one part where Russia really tails off is like the bottom of their defense Mm -hmm. blue line depth. And Kulikov, like he's been playing pretty well for Winnipeg so far this year. So yeah, I have it as one of the as the extras. I could definitely buy that. Yeah, I mean, I, I had Alexi Yemelin on the team. I put Slava Voinov on the team too, and those are my top seven. Uh, you know, the last guy, generally another KHL guy, whether it's uh, Vladislav Garikov, uh, even Andre Markov. Is still playing. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was like the seventh guy. Yeah, he's a door off. Is in play even to, you know, if they want to have a younger guy who's more of a physical player. I mean, like you said, the, the defense is a little better than usual, but at the end of the day, they're not too far off from what Russia usually is, and that's just, <laughs> and arguably the forward group's almost as good as Canada's or U.S. I mean, they're it's just absolutely loaded. And all right, who are your locks for the forward group? Oh man, I mean, because I, I have, I feel on. like there's legitimately like nine locks, maybe even. I think nine. I mean, do you consider Nemestikov a lock? I mean, at this yes. point, maybe. Okay, so then I I have ten locks. Then, um, I have Panarin, Malkin, Kucherov, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Tarasenko. Kovalchuk, Dadsuk, Radulov, Nemestikov. Yeah, those are those are my ten as locks as well. I mean, so you so what's left? Um, Anisimov, uh, Evgeny Dadnov, the butcher. Yeah, Buchnevich. I have as my uh, one of my last guys making it. Uh, I think Nikita Gusev, who's a, a lightning prospect, but he's been locked in. In the KHL, he's doing very well there. I'd be kind of surprised if he didn't make it. Uh, trying to think of who else is even worth considering. Um, you know, there's there's always a few other KHL guys. Uh, 
you know, last time it was Sergei Plotnikov, last time in, in Sergei Shurikov. I could see, you know, some of one or two of those guys making it. They usually have a few KHL guys at the bottom of the roster for whatever reason, if it's the the coach is more experienced dealing with the KHL guys, so they take them or what, you know, instead of Buchnevich, maybe it wouldn't shock me, but I mean, this top nine is just, <laughs> Oh, it's disgusting. It's so ridiculous. No matter how you want to put it together. I mean, you put Ovechkin and Kuznetsov with like Kucherov, but, and you can still back it up with, I don't know, Kovalchuk, Malkin, Tarasenko, <laughs> and like I like I, I put Panarin with Anisimov and Radulov just because you know Panarin had two really good years playing with Anisimov and Kane, but it's just this no stop. And it's not like these guys are offensive only players either. I mean Tarasenko, great defensive player, obviously Dadsuk, Kucherov. I mean they're not one way guys at all. This team would be relentless and. If they get the kind of goaltending from Bob or, you know, Vasilevsky, I mean, they could easily win. Yes. Uh, I agree. So Sweden's team, uh, I had the same thing with Ned. I mean, I think it's kind of clear. Lundqvist, Lehner, uh, Jacob Markstrom. Do you have anyone else? Nope. That's pretty much it. I mean, so, I mean, this blue line is the best by far out of everybody. Um, I had, I mean, I don't know who, I don't know who's considered a lie. I'd say there's probably six locks, honestly. Um, I have Hedman, Carlson, uh, Hampus, Lindholm, Klingberg, OEL, Eckholm as my six. Uh, I mean, I that's funny. That's exactly my six as well. And I don't, I, I'll be honest. I'm not sure it's that close either. The only one I could see an argument for would be uh, Anton Strawman. Yeah, I have him listed as my seventh. I just, you know, the experience of playing with Hedman at times. I could see them leaning on him and actually having uh, one of the other guys being the extra. I mean, a lot of places list Hampus Lindholm. I think that's insane to me. But uh, as far as the eighth guy goes, I mean, Jonas Brodeen has played well for the Wild. Um Clefbaum has had a rough year, but I still think he has some value, could make it. There's even some chance they put 17-year-old Rasmus Dahlin on this team. I wouldn't completely rule it out, again, just to get him the experience of being there. Yeah, and he's that good, too. So Right. Uh, <laughs> as far as locks for forwards go, um, I, I don't know. a lot. Of, I mean, a lot of these guys I think should make it. I don't know who I would even consider a lock. Outside of you know the top few guys, um, I mean, who do you think are locks on this team? Okay, so Phil Forsberg, yeah, Nick Backstrom. Mm-hmm. I think Victor Arvidsson's a lock at this point. Yeah, knowing Sweden, probably both Sedins are still a lock, even though yeah. I'm not sure I agree with it. Yeah, I know. I had such a tough time with them. Like, I didn't want to put them on the team, but I thought they would put them on the team at least as like the two extras. Um, I, I think Jakob Silverberg's a lock at this point as well. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I guess in that same breath, Ricard Raquel to me has to be a lock. Because mm-hmm. I, I think if this, Sweden's like the anti-Russia or the bizarro Russia where Russia is so loaded up front everywhere and then like defensively tails off towards the end. Right. Sweden is so loaded on defense, and then on forward, it sort of tails off. And, yeah, it's kind of top. But down. it's not as much of a tail off because no. you could see, like, Zabinijad, I think, is going to be really good right. for this team. Like, I, I see him making it. Yeah, me too. Um, a player like Zetterberg, probably for the veteran like leadership up front, again, is going to yeah. make it. Yeah, I had, um, I had my second line is Zabinijad, Landeskog, Nylander. I think Nylander's probably a lock, too. Yes. Uh, so, you know, after that, I had I had Raquel and Silverberg. I had the two Nashville guys with Backstrom up top. I had the two uh, Ducks guys with William Carlson as my third line. I mean, at this point, I would be absolutely shocked. I mean, Carlson is just 
been, been incredible for Vegas. You have to you have to put him on this team, right? Right, I think so. So for fourth line, that leaves you know leaves Zetterberg. Um, if you want to include the Steens, can uh, I think Alex Steen would still be in play? Uh, I think Michael Backlund for me. I mean, I don't think he's a lock, but he, he's pretty close to it. You know, the two way guy at the bottom of the roster. The offense isn't bad from you know it's not as good as it was last year for the the lot the M line for the Flames, but you know Backlund is just a very steady guy uh, for the bottom of this team. You know, just a well-rounded player. And who else to consider? Um, I feel like there's a guy or two I'm maybe forgetting here. Oh, I mean like Patrick Hornquist, I could maybe see making it. Uh, like you said, the Sedins. Uh, so there's, uh, if they do go with a little bit of youth instead of Zetterberg, I could see Alex Wenberg making. This oh, team. Wenberg's the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he. I guess for the other injury news, he's going to be back Thursday night against the Sabers. Finally, uh, yeah, he definitely is worth considering too. I mean, I'm more inclined to leave the Sedins off, have Wenberg, have these other young guys on there. But, um, I mean, I don't have a problem with them playing the Sedins 10 minutes. I mean, that's part of the beauty of having the extra forward, just, you know, the 13 forwards. It lets you have more specialist type of guys. And at this point, I mean, that's what the Sedins are. So, again, I would lean towards them putting them on the team. I wouldn't, nah, I probably wouldn't, but you can go either way. I mean, I guess Louis Erickson, too, isn't, I could see them consider him just because he's been on the team forever, but i I would lean towards not having him. Um, yeah. So, for Finland, um, I mean, Rene Rask in that, and then whoever. I mean, I wrote down Uka Pekalokinen, who's the Sabres prospect, too, as their goalie in the World Juniors, again, just to get him the experience. But there's no scenario outside of both of them getting hurt where Rene and Rask aren't the goalies. Right. Um, the blue line... I think it's four locks, uh, Rasmus Ristolain and Essel Lindell, Sammy Vaughn and Ole Mata. Um, Agreed. Then you see the drop-off. Um, I mean, I, I like you, uh, Julius Honka. I think I'd put him on the third pair. You know, he's starting to get some more time in Dallas, and it's no surprise to me. Dallas is getting on a bit of a roll. They're up to – Seventy uh, percent chance of making the playoffs, according to the the Athletics projections. And I put Samuel Lapistol on there. He plays in the KHL. He's been around for a long time uh, with Marcus Nudavara from Columbus and Yerky Yokipaka. Uh, partially just because of the name, partially because he has the experience of playing on the Finnish team. You know, he's back in the KHL now, but played with the Stars for a while. I mean, honestly, this blue, said, this blue line is the reason Finland isn't up there with the other top teams because it just drops off. And they don't even have a true top pair. But, you know, those four guys, I think, are all top four defensemen. You know, so This is a very young blue line I mean, it's a for young, It's a really Finland. young team, really. I mean, I have some older guys on the back end of the roster, but, I mean, this is a team that in four years – should be much better. I mean, powerhouse. Because yeah. then you still have Ole Levy, right, from uh, Vancouver, mm-hmm. who's going to be on this team. They have. Um, I mean, they have a lot of defensemen th- too. I mean, Yusuf Alamaki was a Jets pick. He's he looked good in the tournament. I mean, uh, Miro Heiskanen looked very good yeah. as well. And that you, was and, the third uh, overall pick by Dallas. Right. Think about this Dallas blue line with Honka, Lindell, and Heiskanen. Yeah, all Finnish, all young, all coming up. They're going to be strong on the blue yeah, line. And I almost put uh, Ellie Tolvanen on this team, the first-round pick from the Predators this year, because the offensive ability there is just nuts. Oh, it's out of this world. Um, you know, as far as locks offensively on this team, um, I mean, I think the top six, probably probably about eight guys are locks on this team. Um, I put Ar- Aho Barkov, Teravainen, uh, and then – Line A, Koivu, Granlund, uh, Michael Granlund, that is. And then Eric Halla and Miko Rantanen. I think those guys are all locks at this point. Yep. 
Um, I had Joel Armia as the third line winger with them. He's he's made some big strides for Winnipeg this year. And again, part of this is you know the forwards thin out really quick for Finland here. I had uh, Uncle Leo Komarov, uh, Donskoy, and Philpula with Arturi Lekkinen and Marcus Granlin as the 14th guy. Uh, there's a few other fringe guys that are worth considering. Um, uh, I mean, at the bottom of your roster, uh, you know, there's guys like uh, Timu Harkanen, who's doing really well in the KHL. Um, I, you know, I mentioned Tolvan, and he, he's doing really well, too. I mean, he's got 33 points in 40 games in the K. From an 18-year-old, that's completely unheard of, really. There's a few other Swedish guys that are in the top 50 in scoring in the in the KHL, but that's about what I'm looking at. There are other guys that you had on uh, your list that I didn't mention. No, you've actually hit every single person that I had <laughs> on mine. Those were my locks. Um, I again, I think Armia is going to be like sort of would be like a sleeper on the third line to actually play really well. Um, Philip Oladonskoy Komarov on your fourth line, not bad either. But yeah, no, I, I was first I was like, do I want to put Philip on the team? But he's done decent enough, and I think they'd count on him. You know, got another yeah. guy to have because the, the older, I mean, besides Koivu and and Rene. You don't really have any older guys on this team. Yeah, I mean, you could put Barkov, Teravainen, and Aho as your top line, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just like laugh your way for how much speed and skill they have. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. With Granlin, Koivu, Line on your second line, again, mm-hmm. just monsters yeah. everywhere. That's how I look. Yeah, that was how I was setting it up. Just those guys just feeding Line too, and you know they'd have a chance just because they're all all def- defensive players and. I mean, Liney's got as good a shot as anybody. The top line could score. I mean, they they would have an okay chance because Rene and Rask are both capable of standing on their head too. It just depends on how the defense is going. Um, the last team that we did uh, is the Czech Republic. Um, you know, there is some upside here in the long term, especially you know the guys that were in the World Junior Team, uh, Chittle, uh, Nikas. Fully uh, Sedina, who will be a top five pick in this draft, conservatively. Uh, but now, I mean, they're in this transition period. They have, again, uh, you know, the, the forward group is strong at the top and kind of tails off like Finland. But the problem is, I mean, this blue line is a complete dumpster fire, and the goaltending isn't much better. Uh, I had Mrazic, Neuverth, and Pavlik. Yeah, I I think um, Neuvirth has to be your starter there. I think so, too. Mrazic's fallen off so much. Uh, they don't really have much choice. But, yeah, I mean, this blue line, uh, like Andre Schuster, Radko Gudis, Jan Ruda, uh, Michael Kempney, Jakob Kindle, and Roman Polak is what I had. And I didn't even find a seventh and an eighth because I just got so fed up about how bad these six guys are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, there's probably a guy or two in the KHL that I'm not thinking of uh, defensively that's on the checks, but, I mean, my God, that blue line is so bad. Yeah, I agree. That's terrible. I mean, I don't, like, feel, I don't really feel good about any of those guys being on the team, like, <laughs> against these other competition. It's just... It feels like you're just praying that the forwards can drive the play. And there is a case for that. I mean, I think they have a legitimate top, I mean, uh, probably a top 12. I mean, the the fourth line gets a little dicey. Uh, and, you know, the second line might not be a true second line, but there is plenty of offensive talent here. Um, you know, I have Voracek, Krejci, Pasternak as a top line. I mean, that could – match up against other teams and do fairly well. Uh, I have Hurdle, Faxa, Palat as my second line. And then Sabatka, Hansel, Verbata. I mean, that's not a bad top nine, all things considered. Right. Um, fourth line, I have uh, Andre Casa, who's played pretty well for the Ducks, given all their injuries. I think Froelich, too. I mean, he's hurt right now, but... He's been solid for the years, over the years, 
uh, for this team. Then I had Yuri Sekach. Uh, he's playing again in the KHL. He's got 38 points in 11 games. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him try to come back to the NHL again. Wait, <clears throat> say that again? 38 points in 11 games? Oh, did I say uh, I don't know. I just lost my mind. In 44 <laughs> games, he has 38 points. Okay. I don't know what I was. I, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. That's like yeah. num- that's like Austin Matthews yeah. or like Connor was, McDavid playing over yeah. there style numbers. I was just, uh, I guess, thinking ahead to whatever and just at eleven. He's eleventh in the league in points, was what I meant to say. I think um, for those who's curious, at the top of the KHL, top five in points right now, uh, Cole Chuck and Nikita Gutsev are tied with Lyndon Vay. Linus Omark and Nigel Dawes rounding up the top five. Oh, man. The KHL, good times. Um, I had Andre Nestrosel. He's also in the KHL, having a decent year. And then Pavel Zaka as my other two forwards. Um, I mean, you could put Yager in. I don't think he'd even want to play. Uh, it sounds like he's once he gets uh, healed up for his injury that there's a good chance that him and the Flames part ways. Uh, Yager's talking about going back to Europe and playing. Uh, kind of sucks to see him go out this way, but I mean, what the hell? He's 45 years old, still playing in the NHL, so <laughs> nothing to be uh, upset about from his perspective. Yeah, I, like, do you think the Czechs ever go with like youth? Do you think know. they ever I mean, say like we're gonna put Zadina and I mean, um I mean, maybe Nikas? Or do you think they'll ever be like you know and Philip Chittle like we're throwing them all? We'll put that as like a fourth line just to get them experience because that's your new wave of Czech players coming up. I mean, I could see it. It's I mean, they probably should. In all honesty, well, I, mean, I guess we're not gonna find out. I mean, unless unless they actually put some of these young guys. You know, in the league, I'm, you know, are they allowed to use uh, guys like uh, like Chittle on their Olympic team? I mean, they are a Rangers property, but they're not signed. I believe he's not signed to it. Or no, he is signed to an NHL deal because he played at the beginning of the year. So I don't think – I think that makes him immediately ineligible. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could talk about the actual teams, but I don't think it would serve much point. I mean, I think – I'm assuming Russia is going to be the favorite at this point, given who they'll have and who the other teams won't. Well, the have, KHL but... isn't even, isn't going either. Yeah, but I still feel like they'll uh, be able to put enough a, a decent team without it. Um, oh, I, I don't know. Like, what does it mean? Like, they are, they're technically banned, like Russia from the Olympics out altogether. Yeah. So I don't know, like. It's just a weird scenario. Like Kovalchuk's talking about how, you know, this will help reunite all the guys because you know, they want the clean guys to be able to play, whether it's under the unified flag or not. I don't know, but there's still uh, still some time for them to figure it out, I guess. Um, let's do let's do Saturday's games for the three point challenge, just because a lot of teams right. will be done with their bye week and. You know, there's only the three games tonight, and Friday's kind of light, too. So uh, we're looking at uh, Islanders, Rangers, uh, Pittsburgh at Detroit. Pittsburgh's coming on a bit. Uh, Boston, Montreal. Not Boston's just – I think Boston probably should be considered among the best teams in the league at this point. I mean, they're 23-10-7, and, and, I mean – the first line just gave up their first goal of the year while they were on the ice. They didn't give like Marshawn, Bergeron, and Pasternak weren't on the ice for a goal against all year until like a week ago. That's just incredible to me. That's so dumb. That's like, so dumb. <laughs> um, Philly and the Devils, a big game for playoff odds, like I said. I mean, after Washington and, and Columbus, based on the, the odds on the athletic, the Devils are 60%, down to the Flyers, 31%. I mean, all these games are just massive in that division. Um, Winnipeg and Minnesota, a big game. Minnesota's fallen off a little bit lately. Uh, you know, they did end up getting a point against uh, Calgary after being down 2 nothing in the third, and they did beat Chicago last night. But before that, going through a bit of a rough patch, uh, big game for them with Winnipeg looking more and more like a lock. 
uh, to finish second in that division behind Nashville and who knows, maybe even beat them. Um, Colorado-Dallas, an, another huge game in Colorado has been great. Uh, 22-16-3. One more win gives them more points than they had last year already, and they're at the we're at the halfway point. This uh, remarkable with what they've done. Uh, Edmonton and Vegas, I think we can officially stick the fork in Edmonton after this recent downswing where Vegas is looking kind of likely to win the division at this point over the Kings. Um, the Kings do host the Ducks. Ducks in a bit of a downswing. I mean, they were projected to finish ahead of the Flames for a while now. Now the Flames are ahead of them. And then the Sharks, who are really coming back to the pack, they looked like they were kind of distancing themselves, mostly because of the games they had in hand. But they've been losing those games in hand. You know, they do host Arizona at home. But, you know, they're tied in points now with Calgary and only have two extra games. So, you know, they're not a lot. I mean, we didn't consider them a lot when we ran down the standings last time. But there's just so many teams. I mean, they have 48 points. Calgary has 48 points. that aren't. These teams aren't in the playoffs. Uh, Chicago has 48 points. Colorado has 47. Anaheim has 47. I mean, this is a full-on 12-team race. Uh, you know, how many teams are locks? Really, it's, to me, uh, I mean, St. Louis probably still a lock, but it, even they're getting a little iffy. I mean, they're in a, a real uh, bad swing. Jake Allen has been a dumpster fire lately. I would grab yes. Hutton if he's available <clears throat> in your league still. I mean, I think there's still a lock to get in there. You have 55 points in the bag, uh, but not maybe not a complete guarantee. I mean, obviously Nashville, Winnipeg, uh, Vegas, and the Kings. But after that, I mean, you're, you're talking either seven or eight teams for I don't know three or four spots. It should be super interesting. Um, so you hit it again last time, you bastard. Uh, Sebastian yep. Ajo got three points. So I will give you the floor. To make your pick, I'm just bringing up the top ten in points. Um, I can write it down for you. Okay. All right, we got Nikita Kucherov, Nathan McKinnon. I cannot believe Nathan McKinnon shot all the way back up to number two. That is so impressive. Yeah. Uh, Steven Stamkos, Blake Wheeler, Claude Giroux, those four all at 52 points. They're eight points behind Kucherov. Does anyone catch Kucherov? I would bet against it. I mean, it's not I don't possible, so. but I'm trying to look at the, the games in hand. Uh, teams have. I don't think any. I mean, they've played 43. I mean, I guess the closest is McKinnon because he's got two games in hand. But I, I mean, but you're eight points back. That's, that's what just I mean. I just, I off. can't see. I mean, the the more interesting thing to me is does does uh, you know Ovechkin and Kucherov both at 27 goals with Anders Lee even right behind him with 25. Uh, Ovechkin Kucherov battle for the goal title is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, okay. Tavares, Voracek, Bailey, Johnny Hockey, and Connor McJesus. Hmm. All right. So you can give your thoughts and your pick then, I guess. Okay. Um, I think for me, I'm looking at just like matchups, what teams are sliding, which teams are like. Um, uh, like, I'm looking at uh, Edmonton and Vegas. Vegas at home, Edmonton has just sucked lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, mean, like, I would love one of the Flyers, but there's too many of them in the top ten for me to like. Yeah, you can't feel good about even like Couturier. I mean, you could. It's, he's really the only one. Simmons, you can't. I mean, he might score two goals, but it's hard to count on Simmons getting three points. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Jonathan Jonathan Marsh's show in this one. Um, it to me it was between him and William Carlson, but honestly, I don't care. I think both probably get three points. Edmonton stinks defensively. Uh, I think isn't Cam Talbot still out? Um, let me see if he played their last game. I mean, he might be back, but I mean, but regardless, he doesn't really stunk ma- this yeah. year. So I mean, does it really matter? No. Uh, let's see. In the last game. They lost two to one to the Preds. He now Talbot played last game, but again, I don't really think it matters. So, 
Yeah, I like I like Vegas to kind of roll in that one. They're at home. Vegas just doesn't lose at home, so yeah. I can't I can't really argue with that. Um, there's just so many guys who are in play here. Um, oh, just give me Crosby. I'm just there. It is. I just feel like it's he's so due to get back into the top. Uh, I mean, I guess the one. I mean, it's not really a true concern, but. He's had three points in each of his last two games, so I don't know if he'll do it three in a row. But, uh, I mean, the matchup with Detroit is pretty pure. and I, I considered going with one of uh, the Dallas two, three guys, really. And I, I actually think Miko Ratman's in play, too. I mean, I, the, the one thing, Dallas at home tends to be a lower-scoring game, you know, the way Ben Bishop's played at home. But uh, I'll just go with Crosby. I mean, I don't feel good taking anyone in Minnesota-Winnipeg. I don't feel good at all about it. anyone in the Ducks game. It's hard to trust any Sharks guy at this point for three points. I mean, Brent Burns is coming on as expected, but um, I wouldn't really want to take him. The Rangers-Islanders games are always kind of weird, too, and it's a 1 o'clock game. I mean, so is the Pittsburgh game, but uh, it's a little different with the teams coming off their bye weeks, I guess. And, you know, The Boston guys, I, I strongly considered taking uh, Marchand, but... I don't know. I'll just I'll just stick with Crosby. Uh, so uh, go to hockey.rasball.com. Go to the first post. They'll find the podcast post. It'll be the first or second post, depending on when you listen to this. And write in the comment section who you like for three points. Uh, anything else you want us to talk about, let us know. I mean, a few people suggested the Olympic thing, and that's why we did it today. More than willing to do uh, whatever you want to listen to. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the site, all the sports, at Razball. Um, follow me at RazballViz. Reed is at ReedCash with the K17. Um, anything else you got to add, Reed? No. Um, I think that's it. Just going to be a little bit less hockey, mainly because of the bye weeks. Right. But definitely keep an eye out. Make sure you update your fantasy teams. Make sure your wave of wire pickups include players that are not on bye weeks. Right. I mean, a lot of it, I mean, there are more games next week, but there are still a lot of late days. I mean, there's only like five, three games next Friday, for example. We'll be on before that, but um, it's just don't hold guys on the bottom of your roster that aren't playing games in, in stream because it's, it's very important in a week like this just to get more starts. I mean, you're talking, I don't know, almost half the amount of games of normal, maybe even lower. And because of that, you know, getting these extra starts are massive. You know, if you get five more starts when you're, you're only working off a base of, I don't know, 40 starts for the week, it, it just makes such a huge difference. So, you know, assuming you have, you know, at least, you know, five weeks, uh, five moves a week, I'd make sure to use all of them this week. Look at the schedule. Look who's got the back-to-backs. I mean, a lot of teams are going to play Saturday, Sunday, so it's it's getting those games in tonight and, and Friday. But, uh, I mean, that's all for now. We'll be back uh, next week at some point. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll talk to everybody soon. Take it easy. Yep. Take care, everyone.